0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to QalamCampus.com and donate generously every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our Sadaqah jariya and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan, wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim alhamdulillah. الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصاً على سيد الرسول وخاتم الأنبياء وعلى آله الأскиاء وأصحابه للقيام أما بعد. Okay. So إن الله we'll start our class. We are continuing Sheikh Abdul Fatah Abu رحمه الله A book, الرسول المعلم in which we study the life of Rasulullah sallallahu from the perspective of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wa being an educator, a teacher. In our last class, we discussed the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa and how Shaykh Abdul al-Fatah mentioned that this obligation applies both to the men and women of our community and society I shared some examples in this regard specifically regarding female scholarship throughout history and if someone wishes to study this issue further Dr. Akram's book al muhaddithat is very valuable as he has even more references in there but we move forward today. Um, the chapter Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghadda rahimahullah, and studies. He has a brief discussion on um, what kind of teacher Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was. Bismillah. Go ahead. Bismillah alhamdulillah. Salatu
2: salam wa A quick survey of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's merits and sublime character in the field of education. We greatly enjoy and benefit from the first teacher and a lettered prophet regarding all aspects of his life, lifestyle, both in, the means, both in the means and objectives. In these few pages, we can do no more than pursue some of his methods with regard to teaching and education. As for the major objectives which this great teacher paid attention to, there are other fields of discussion concerning them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability and good fortune to pursue them as well. This teacher of goodness Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam despite being unable to read or write, was bestowed with such knowledge by Allah Ta'ala that surpassed that of every other human being. Allah Ta'ala completed his favor upon him by bestowing him with an unusual, comprehensive, and unique personality. Allah Ta'ala displays his kindness towards him by saying, he taught you that which you were unable to learn. And Allah's favor upon you is extremely great.
1: So here the author, he points out that Nabi wasallam's uh, life, it teaches us that the Prophet wasallam had a unique approach to the means and objectives of education. The Prophet adopted unique means. من كل جانب من جوانب wasa'ili wal Wasa'il the means. غايات, the goals and objectives. So when a person sits to educate or study, you need to first and foremost identify your objective. What are you trying to accomplish here? What are you trying to accomplish from this knowledge, from this gathering? And then we need to now figure out what are the means to accomplishing this goal or these goals. Now, he then says that um, the greater goals of seeking knowledge is something that can be studied at another point. But he wants to start off by studying the methodology, the asaleeb of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam. Now, Shaykh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghadah taala points out that هذا المعلم للخير صلى الله عليه وسلم على أنه Besides the fact, despite the fact that Nabi ﷺ was unlettered, لا يقرأ ولا يكتب. He could not read, nor can Nabi ﷺ write. قَدْ مَنَحَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ الْعِلْمَ الَّذي لَا يدانيه أحد من البشر. Despite his, uh, him being an Ummi, Allah subhanahu wa taala bestowed upon him knowledge that no other creation can ever come close to claiming. And to support this, he cites the ayah of Surah An-Nisa, 113. That he taught you that which you do not know. That which you do not know. From the matters of Sharia, from matters of khayr and sharr, as Ibn Abbas anh, uh, commented on the ayah explaining Min for matters of evil and good, Nabi ﷺ was given this knowledge. Similarly, the Haq while commenting on the ayah, he said, min al awalina wal akhirin," That Nabi ﷺ was given knowledge of those who came before and also those that will come later on. Now when it comes to the knowledge of the Anbiya a.s. And specifically, Rasulullah sallallahu there is a need for a brief discussion, because unfortunately, many people have fallen here, and have made a grave mistake, the implications of which impact a person's aqidah and their Islam, their iman. Knowledge by default, all knowledge belongs to Allah subhanahu wa taala. لَا عِلْمَ لَنَا إِلَّا مَا عَلَّمْتَنَا بِالْإِسْتِثْنَاءِ So, La عِلْمَ لَنَا لِنَا al الْجِنْسِ We have no knowledge. Illa Except for So now we're making an exclusion. مَا علمتنا, That which you have taught us. The way this ayah is laid out before us basically sets our aqidah. It sets our beliefs straight. La عِلْمَ لَنَا There is no knowledge that we have. Any ilm that we have in reality is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regardless of which science, which subject, any skill set, this is all a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِلَّا مَا We have no knowledge but that which you have given us. The Anbiya alayhim, their case is the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them knowledge that is superior to all of mankind. We as human beings can acquire knowledge. But to our knowledge, there is a speculative nature where there is speculation that occurs. Human beings flip and flop between their ideologies, their philosophies. The Anbiya alayhim as-salam come with knowledge that is certain. There is no second question. There is no doubt in what they say. Specifically, when it comes to matters of the deen. Sometimes the Prophet of Allah speaks min haithiyat al And then other times, meaning as a human being, as an average person, the Prophet of Allah makes a contribution to a, converse, to a conversation, not from a place of revelation, not from the position of being a Prophet, but as a common person from the people. The greatest example of this is the Masala of the al-Nakhd. When Nabi arrived in Medina Munawwara, they were farmers there. These people were known for their agriculture. One of the practices they had was something called ta'birun نَخْل which means cross-pollination. Right? They would take different plants and mix them and grow them accordingly. They found this to be very effective. At face value, Rasulullah didn't like this practice because the Prophet of Allah didn't like people mixing the creation of Allah. That one thing is taken and mixed with another thing. So he said, let everything be the sahaba listened to nabi sallallahu alaihi and their crops grew fewer that year they came and told nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabi sallallahu then said to them antum bi umuri dunyakum that you are more knowledgeable of your worldly affairs you have tajriba you have experience in agriculture and farming more than i have so you manage your own affairs this is not to do with the deen However, umur dinia matters that relate to the deen, revelation is absolute in that regard. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He grants the Anbiya knowledge. And this is what the ayah says. That He gave you knowledge of that which you do not know. Now, if we backtrack in that same ayah and look at what's immediately before this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ This لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزَّلَ no. uh, وأنزلنا إليك um, what is This is the law. This This is the law.
2: This <laughs>
1: this is عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ Now we look at this ayah. What do we see? Allah subhanahu wa taala says, this knowledge that is being praised later on in that very same ayah. وَكَانَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ That Allah's favor upon you is great. That ayah, that praise that's coming for knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quantifies that in the first part of the ayah. والحكمة, that he granted you both the kitab, which is the Qur'an revelation, and Nubua prophethood. This is also from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hikmah generally, when mentioned in the Qur'an, comes in the meaning of nubuwa. This is why the ulama, those who claim that Dawud salam was a nabi, they made this argument based off of the ayah, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا al hikma. Because the word hikmah, when used in the Qur'an, generally comes in the meaning of nubuwa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says uh, that we revealed unto Him the kitab, the Qur'an, and the wisdom. And He taught you that which you do not know. Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, rahimahullah he gathers a few uh, points together. One thing he says he brings the ayah of Surah Al-Isra. He says, Allah Azawajal says in the Quran, That you have not been given knowledge, but a small amount, a little bit. Then after that, he cites the ayah that, That everything in the world, all the blessings and all the material possessions of the world in reality are nothing more than a small amount. And after all of this, out of that small amount of knowledge that exists in the world, and all the material things that exist in the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, alayka That Allah has granted you a great favor by giving you knowledge, therefore pointing out that the greatest thing from all the possessions of this dunya is ilm. It's knowledge. That out of this very little that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, out of this very little that Allah Azza wa Jal has given us, وَذَٰلِكَ يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ غَايَةِ شَرَفُ, الْعِلْمِ. الدين الرَّازي. وَذَلِكَ يَدُلُّ عَلَى شَرَفِ الْعِلْمِ. This is indicative to how great the rank and how great the status of knowledge and the people of knowledge is. So, the, if you're wondering what's the issue here, what's the issue of aqidah that we need to be concerned of and worried of, there are some who claim that Nabi ﷺ has access to knowledge at default just as Allah does. Meaning Nabi ﷺ has ilmul ghayb just as Allah taala has ilmul ghayb. There are some incidents Cited one Sahabi, you can find this narration in the Arba'een of Imam al Nawi. He said that, I came to Rasulullah to ask the Prophet of Allah about evil and good. He said, I sat in front of the Prophet before I even uttered my statement. Nabi Wasallam said, tas'alni That you came to ask me about khayr and shahr. Before he even said it, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam informed him, so they use this as an example. Similarly, we have the example of Umayr ibn Wahab, who traveled from Makkah Muqarama to Medina Munawurah with the intent of assassinating Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He had a poisoned weapon. And before he even made his move, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam informed him. And it became very clear to him that there was no way he could know unless there was revelation. So they cite this as an example, and there are other examples cited too. The proper understanding of all of these examples is one thing. Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam had knowledge of these incidents through revelation. Nabi Sallallahu did have knowledge of incidents that would occur in the future. He had intimate knowledge of things that occurred in the past, but this was the father of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and the favor of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Had Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had access to knowledge without any boundary at all, and his knowledge was equivalent to the knowledge of Allah, then what is the meaning of the ayah, where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is saying, even if I had the knowledge, even if I had knowledge of the unseen, I wouldn't be able to increase you in good. Meaning that's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our belief is, the position of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah in this regard is, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's knowledge was extraordinary. He received revelation. He had knowledge that was beyond the knowledge of any human being. But at the end of the day, all knowledge that he had was a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we were to build the case here in this regard, we can easily build a very strong case. I'll cite one example and then we'll move forward. The example of the three questions that were presented to Rasulullah through the Jews of Medina Munawwara. They asked Nabi sallam regarding the Ruh. They asked Rasulullah regarding the quranain they asked Nabi regarding, huh? Ashabu kahf, the youth who sought refuge in the cave. When they asked Nabi sallallahu these questions, Nabi sallallahu he said, I will give you the answer. But in that moment, he did not say, "Insha'Allah." Days passed by, no revelation. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah, Wala إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ Say, إنشاء say inshaAllah رَبَّكَ إذا نسيت وقل أن ربي من هذا Remember your Lord when you forget. Right? You remember Allah. You ask Allah. And now, once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, إنشاء revelation starts. And as that revelation comes, Rasulullah Wasallam very um, uh, eloquently responds to their questions. Right. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he answers everything they asked in detail, but after revelation. So this is something that you must uh, bear in mind. Here uh, he cites the ayah, وَعَلَّمَكَ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ تَعْلَمُ وَكَانَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ Yes. So. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi
2: Wasallam began to spread and disseminate knowledge by proclaiming it among the people. He was in the true sense of the world the first teacher of goodness in in this world in terms of the beauty of his speech, the eloquence of his speech. See, he
1: quantifies it. That when we say Nabi ﷺ was the true first teacher, what do we mean by that? We're not just talking about someone teaching another person another word because that's in its most raw definition, that's existed prior to Rasulullah ﷺ. What we're speaking of is a comprehensive approach to education from content to objectives to methodology, approach, mentorship, all of this brought together in one person, Rasulullah ﷺ was truly the first teacher. So he says, فَنَاهَذَا صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمِ يَنْشُرُ الْعِلْمَ فِي النَّاسِ وَيُضِعُهُ بَيْنَهُمْ Nabi S.A.W. began to educate people and spread knowledge. وَكَانَ بِحَقِّ الْمُعَلِّمِ الْأَوَّلِ لِلْخَيْرِ فِي هَذِهِ الدُّنْيَا And then he says, فِي جَمَالِ بَيَانِهِ وفصاحة لسانه، وصناعة منطقه، وحلاوة أسلوبه، ولدف إشارته، وإشراق روحه، ورحابة صدره، ورقة قلبه، ووفرة حنانه، وحكيم شدته، وعظيم انتباهه، وسمو ذكائه، وبالغ عنايته، وكثير رفقه بالناس، حتى قال صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما بعثت معلمة that I was sent as an educator. Yes.
2: In terms of the beauty of his speech, the eloquence of his tongue, the clarity of his expression, the sweetness of his methodology, the subtle references, um, effulgent spirit, magnanimity, kind heartness, extreme compassion, strong and forceful wisdom, great foresight, high intelligence, extreme concern and abundant kindness to, to people. This can be understood from his own words regarding himself. I have been sent as a teacher. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warns against knowledge which is of no benefit. Before delving into Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's teaching methods, it would be appropriate to mention a few words about the great concern and warning of this noble teacher against acquiring knowledge which is of no benefit. He would often even supplicate against such a practice.
1: So here... Um Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudar points out that it's important to understand as we embark on this journey of uh, studying Nabi Sallallahu methodology in education that not all knowledge is praiseworthy. That's one of the first realizations that not all education, not all knowledge is good for you, not all information is good. Rasulullah Sallallahu would Frequently make dua to Allah, Ya Allah, protect me from knowledge that is harmful. And what is this harmful knowledge? هو العلم الذي يؤدي إلى ضرر لصاحبه أو لغيره من الناس It is that knowledge which leads to harm to the individual or to others. Any sort of knowledge that brings harm to the self or brings harm to others is knowledge you should leave. Why? Because a path to knowledge, a means, sorry, a path to harm, a means to harm is harmful in itself. This is stuff that you should avoid. Now, sometimes when a person gains certain knowledge, they learn how to manipulate others, they learn how to harm other people. This sort of knowledge should be avoided. People wonder, you know, Is that a thing? Can knowledge really be bad for you? Why can't I have access to all knowledge? Why can't I just go around reading everything that's been published in the world? First and foremost, you have to understand that overloading yourself with knowledge is only going to cause you to become overwhelmed. And when you engage excessively with the means it's easy to forget the goal and objective. Knowledge has to have a goal and objective as we started off by discussing. So you need to remember what the goals and objectives are and then take knowledge to help you reach that goal, help you reach that objective. Um, And this is an agreed upon reality that there are certain things that are beneficial for some while at the same time, those very same things are harmful for others. Fire. A blacksmith needs it. A child doesn't. A blade. Someone who's a skilled chef, they can handle any sharpness on any blade. A child, again, they shouldn't. In order for knowledge to be beneficial, you have to very carefully craft your way there. It's this, very, this is very dangerous when people skip the early phases of seeking knowledge in a particular discipline and jump right to the end. This is the common problem that we have in our community. And one of the great downsides to seeking knowledge online through reading articles and listening to random YouTube lectures. Because sometimes you may listen to a lecture or read something in an article that is probably more appropriate and suitable for students of that discipline who have committed years of their life versus someone who hasn't committed any time and now you're reading this subject matter and your mind is spinning and you feel that you have the right to hold a position in this regard or let alone that, it just causes you to to be lost, You're, you're puzzled. So when you seek knowledge, you have to build from the bottom up. When you build properly, when you start from the bottom, specifically when we speak of Islamic knowledge, you have to build your way from the bottom up. That starts by learning the fundamentals and learning the basics. Learning things that you may already know, but reading them again, reading them with the teacher. Taking it step by step. Everything. Whether it's tafsir of the Qur'an, you want to do tafsir of the Qur'an, marhaban, come and do it. But before you do it, there are a list of things that we need to check off the box first. Then we can go and do that. And this applies with anything and everything. You want to compete in any sport at a... Athletic level, you know, where you're talking about true competition, you have to build your way up to it. You can't just jump to level ten without doing the first nine levels and feel that you have any credibility in this regard. Forget credibility for others, you are going to harm yourself. This is why we are told, Kallimun nas ala qadri that you speak to people based off of their levels. Rasulullah said, Anzilun nasa now the issue with this is for many folks, this is a very difficult conversation to have because that means that we are putting individuals in tears. And that means that you are claiming that in this regard, I am inferior and there's someone superior to me. And my friends, that's the first realization you will need to come to. You will need to come to this realization. You will need to accept it. right? As Imam al he points out the traits of seeking knowledge. Right? That uh, And one of the things that he says is that you have to be humble. The traits of seeking knowledge. He has a line of poetry. It's a really famous one. Um, he talks about intelligence and uh, sacrifice and that you have to have desire and you have to be willing to travel and you also need to be sincere and he points out that you need to also be patient right and then he, he talks about this isbir ala murril jafa min muallimi isbir ala murril jafa min muallimi that you have to be patient with your, with your instructor and, te- and your teacher so this mindset needs to be created and when it exists you now slowly grow and you build your way to an end goal. When the when ilm is تدريجن, that's why they say the word ta'lim seeking knowledge, gaining education. It's on the scale of taf'il taf'il is to announce something. All at once. That's ifa'al. Ifa'al is when a verb occurs all at once. So, zal when revelation occurred all at once. Inna anzallahu al qadr. That's why the ulama, they say, this was a revelation of the entire Qur'an at once to the heavens of the earth. Now that very same ilm, if you move it from ifa'al, from the scale of ifa'al, the Arabic scale of ifa'al, to taf'ili tanzeel, wa tanzeela, it now gives the meaning of what? Something occurring, g- occurring gradually. That's why the word tarbiya, it occurs tadrijan, it occurs gradually. Ta'leem as well, knowledge is something that should come into a person's life gradually. For that to occur, it's important that you find gatherings of knowledge that you stick with. That you find a group of people who you're studying with, or scholars that you're with, and you take the long route. Because the route itself, this long path, is the destination. Right. Once you seek knowledge in this format, you begin to realize that this is the destination, and there's nothing beyond it. There's no point where you be, where you say that I am a full-blown scholar at this point. The more you seek knowledge, it becomes clear that that end goal, that end sort of destination doesn't exist. For some people that's frustrating because they're very keen on becoming scholars, while for others who have the right mentorship, they appreciate being students and they realize that this is where I'm always gonna be, this is my comfort zone, This is where I'm going to be. So not all knowledge is beneficial for everyone. Sometimes, as he says, At times, it will be beneficial for someone to remain ignorant of a particular matter. That's better for them, for them not to know of it. That how many a times does a person start gaining knowledge of the obscure and randomness, things that don't benefit them, rather to the contrary, they harm them, and they've wasted years of their life seeking knowledge. But the knowledge was not, it wasn't strategic, their approach wasn't strategic. We were talking about this in one of the classes earlier today. This is basically Reddit. This is literally what? Reddit, where they have knowledge of everything in the dunya. There's Loh mahfud, and there's Reddit. Everything in the world that you want, it's there. Now, there are folks who just sit there on these subs and they sit there and they go one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it's just garbage cooking in their mind. It's like they've taken all the contents of their bin and they put it in a pot and they've turned the stove on and they're cooking their garbage. That's what's happening. And it just smells horrible and it's decaying and it's rotting away in there. Because most of those conversations are not led by specialists and they don't follow a proper methodology of education. Right? Um, it has a lot of utility as well, don't get me wrong. Right? You need tutorials, uh, you need to solve something quick. It has benefit, but you have to be careful on how you engage in these areas because as you're sitting there and reading and just reading and reading, I, I can't tell you the number of times where. Young folks have told me that their greatest fitna of Iman came from reading those subreddits, right? They went to the Muslim one thinking that, you know what, I'll read about Islam and learn my deen. But as they went there, they read more kufar and more kufar and more kufar. And they read so much kufar there that now their mind is polluted. And people who speak on these forums, they speak with a ton of confidence. A ton of, they really present themselves as, as if they are the authority. So now you're sitting there and you're thinking, whoa, this dude really blew the whole religion of Islam out of the water. You lose confidence. If this person who's reading this was grounded in their faith and then decided to read an opposing view, that's mashallah, that's a good thing. There's no haraj in that. We aren't telling people that you shouldn't read opposing views, but you have to ground yourself first. There is an individual who says that I wish to go to college and take a class on philosophy, Mashi, go for it. May Allah give barakah. But before you take that class on philosophy, where religion for sure will be mocked and people will ask those hard questions, before you do that, how about you first study your deen first? Understand how Muslim scholars approach religion and theology from a philosophical lens. And it's not as if there isn't much written there, masha'Allah. I mean, ulama of the past and present continue to contribute uh, in this area. You ground yourself first, then move forward. You won't be intimidated, right? You have to have ilm because ilm gives you confidence and that allows you to walk in dark alleys with your chest propped up high because you're not afraid to be attacked. You know that your opponent only has sound. Right? They can only talk. As for substance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept that in revelation. Because the ilm of the insan is speculative, where we were earlier. But revelation is definitive. حال, the mountain can turn left to right from one city to another. Ilm of wahi can never be wrong. It is always in its place. Right? That this is the truth. Yes.
2: Hadith 5, Muslim narrates on the authority of Zayd ibn al radiallahu anhu who said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from knowledge which is of no benefit, from a heart that is not fearful, a soul that is not satisfied, and a dua that is not answered.
1: All four things are connected actually, all four things are connected. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, O oh Allah, I seek, I seek refuge from knowledge that isn't beneficial. What's the next thing that he made du'a for? Save me from a heart that is not? That isn't fearful. Because when the heart is not in place, the knowledge will not benefit. This is why you have to develop your heart as you're seeking knowledge. And then right next to that, وَمِن nefsin, a, a, a lower self that is just greedy because that's how the heart gets corrupted. The heart gets corrupted by the nafs where now your, 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 your nafs is out of control. Your nafs desires all the dunya that it can see. Your lower self is, is polluted and it sees things in a perverted way. Now this corrupted nafs will impact the heart. And as it impacts the heart, the knowledge you gain which is supposed to settle in that heart will also be corrupt. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam makes dua for all of them. And then the last one he says, وَمِنْ دَعْوَةٍ لَا يُسْتَجَابُ and O oh Allah, I seek protection from a dua that isn't accepted. Because ultimately purifying the nafs, uh, I should say, controlling the nafs, purifying the heart, and obtaining beneficial knowledge is all the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this was the great gift of Allah to you. O Rasulullah wasallam." Yes. Rasulullah
2: wasallam was a teacher both in word and deed. This dua of his is therefore a directive, um, a directive to both the teacher and the student to only teach or learn whatever is beneficial in terms of the pure sharia. Yes. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's personality as a teacher. We'll stop here. So, in this uh,
1: passage, today's class, the main point of emphasis is be mindful of what knowledge you gain, who you gain it from. at what's and be also be mindful of what stage you are yourself there is a desire to jump people want to quickly jump to the advanced level of studying if you did this in any sport if you try to do this in boxing you try to get in the ring with an advanced fighter they would shatter your glass jaw in seconds you'd have to pick up the pieces from the ground the same thing will happen to you spiritually unfortunately Because when you're standing with heavy hitters, and if you can't understand what they're saying, if you don't appreciate the content, the perspective, it'll wipe you off your feet. So a person who is a beginner, it's important that they study the deen as a beginner. I've seen this happen a lot, where there is a person who has bare minimum knowledge of Islam, whether it's a stay-at-home mother or a, um, a young man or woman from our community going to college. They haven't, because of their life realities and their circumstances, they haven't had the chance to study the deen. Now when they're at the MSA, um, they decide to give a khutbah or two for whatever reason. And eagle sets in that I know. They start opening up hadith books and they're citing siha and giving verdicts, that this is the verdict in Islam in this regard because of this, and they start citing proofs and they're doing ishtihad on the fly, basically just fabricating opinions as they go on the fly because they feel empowered. Or that sister who started learning to read hadith and Quran, and now feels that she has the authority to go on WhatsApp groups and go on Facebook and start issuing verdicts left and right. A lot of harm is caused by this. A lot of harm is caused. If you have a desire to serve the community in that capacity, you have to put the time in, my friends. Build yourself. Reading information will give you guidance on a particular issue. But when you study knowledge holistically and properly, it builds your mindset and helps you develop a proper, wholesome worldview. That's what you need. Understanding these things. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us tawfiq and makes us from the inheritors of true beneficial knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.